Hey there, beloved. Welcome to Radiant Stories. Each episode of this podcast, we hear from ladies of Calvary Hill Baptist Church and their testimonies of God's goodness and grace. So today we're going to hear from a lady of our church. She has been a member of this church since 2003. She is married and has two kids. She lives in Rowlett, Texas, and enjoys reading and Long walks on the beach. Mm, <laughs> Not really. Good. Really just sitting on the beach and reading. Well, that's good, though. And I know this because that person's me. Yes. So, hi, I'm April Mozingo, and I'm going to be the first one to be interviewed. Uh, usually, and every other time, I'm just going to be the host. But today, I figured I'd go first. So, so uh, interviewing me is Pam. Yes. I'm so excited about this because, you know, we. this is our first time to ever do a podcast. So, you're with us on this. So we are just who we are. We're just going to talk and you get to listen into this. And one of the reasons we also wanted to do this podcast, and really it was the brainchild of April, uh, the Lord put it on her heart, is because there are probably a lot of ladies in our church that, well, we know that have stories, important stories, and their stories, their story matters. Um, but they would never get up in front of people and share their story or even in a, you know, even a small group because they're so intimidated by, you know, just speaking in front of people. But maybe they would sit down, like, at a table here in this little room. Nobody's looking except me and April are here. Mm-hmm. And they would tell us their story. So uh, when I share this, even in my, my class that I teach on Sunday mornings, people were like, oh, that's so neat. So I think that we're going to be able to hear from women, and you're going to be able to hear from women as you listen, that you would have never dreamed would share their story. Yep. So, but somebody's got to go first. So, dun da 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 it's April Mazingo. Okay, so April, um, tell me just like your childhood. Give me, give us, give us a little glimpse into your childhood, if uh, you would. Right. So I was uh, born in Dallas, but we moved when I was like one to Garland, um, and so grew up in. I've lived my whole life until I was like thirty-five to in Garland. Um, I have an older sister. She was about seven and a half when I was born, and then I have a younger brother. Uh, he was, I was 15 months when he was born, so we are Irish twins. So you are at the middle. I'm the middle, middle child. Middle child, yes. Okay. Um, uh, I've got two parents. They're still married. Um, Which is a miracle of God for any of us, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I don't know. We just, we lived in, um, I don't know what, I guess that's North, Middle Garland? I don't know, mm-hmm. for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So, Right. Okay, so... Um, you, so, like your parents, were your parents brought up in church? Right. Um, my dad was definitely one of the kids that, you know, my his parents, like they taught Sunday school. They Faithful. Um, I mean, they were there every time the doors were open. And, you know, he right. was he was the firstborn in that family of, okay. of five. Wow. Um, okay. And then my mom's parents, I'm pretty sure they were like, well, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I mean, I know they went to church. I don't know how often, and I mean, they definitely, I don't think, to my knowledge, they didn't ever, like, my, my mom's dad wasn't, like, a deacon or anything. Right. Um, I think they went to a Baptist church, but even that, I'm not sure. I know later they went to an Assembly of God. Mm-hmm. My my dad's parents, both, they were Baptist, uh, like, through and through. So, um, so yeah, so they, they both grew up in, in you church. know, church, but then um, neither one of them were really interested in church. Okay. So, right. So well, I did they not, just had to go. Right. I did not <laughs> go, I did not grow go. up in church unless, oh, okay. you know, it was like 
my mom's mom was pressuring her to bring us or something, you know. Guilt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we went occasionally, right. uh, but not even like Christmas and Easter. It wasn't even like that. It was right. just like just from time more to time. sporadic and random. Yeah. So in your in your growing up years, like your elementary years, I guess, um, like did you go to camps with church? Did you? When like do you remember as a child like really hearing the gospel or thinking, oh, you know. Jesus, you know, when did that click? I mean, not as a believer, but even your first recollection of that. Um, I mean, it, it really must, I don't think it really even clicked until around the time that I got saved mm. uh, when I started going to, to North Lake Baptist mm-hmm. Church. Okay. Um, All right. So you just grew up a regular kid. Now, you were telling me at one point that you had some learning difficulties uh, right, as yeah. a child. Yeah, I um, I'm, have dyslexia, but I was, I was not diagnosed until fifth grade, but... Okay. I mean, it started showing, I mean, I started having problems, you know, early on. Right. So, so by the time I would say third grade is really when that came to a head of, it was just a perfect storm of a lot of different things, but okay. including the fact that, you know, at that point, most kids are right. kind of well on their way to, you know, doing seat work by themselves and things right. like that. And you couldn't do and that. And I probably you struggled with that. Right. I don't, I don't remember specifically, but just based on, you know, looking back, if I just kind of look at my, uh, you know, the choices and the things I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I saw a kid that was doing those things today, Mm -hmm. you know, then, then I would assume these things, you know, so. Right. Because you experienced it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Now, you know, we don't want to name names or anything like that, but uh, in our past, you know, we, you said there were even some of your teachers were not very understanding of your dyslexia. Therefore that kind of put you in a place that you as an adult wanted to be a teacher because you wanted right. to help right yeah that's really I think that's where my you know it was like a lifelong goal of mine to be a teacher um and I think it started in third grade because I, I I can remember some specific instances of being I mean more or less embarrassed in right. front of the whole class what, for things mm, you know mm. um and yeah me and that teacher obviously didn't get along uh, <laughs> and fourth grade teacher we didn't get along either uh so yeah and um so that is kind of the the force that guided you to want to be a teacher. Yeah. To that, help people like you. Yeah. That thing that started okay. that was okay. like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my best to rid the world of at least one teacher like that. Right. <laughs> was, was my MO. No names, no names. No. Okay. So you mentioned third grade. Now, um, we've already, we've talked before, of course, about this, mm-hmm. her life. So I've, I've learned some things I did not know about her. So uh, you shared an instance with me that really shaped you in a way do you mind right. sharing that with yeah. us yeah so third grade um at some point and I don't remember what year it was but uh, I think it was probably like around 89 we had to move um and we didn't move far so that we could still go to the same school um but we had to like sell that house and move into a rental and the house we moved into was um directly across the street from a church okay. uh, so like you know and 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 it was on the corner from big street so we had had one neighbor to the left and then the church across the street and then big street on the right right um so anyway uh I was big when I was little and the other the house we started in um I mean I would ride my bikes around the neighborhood you know I was I was that kind of kid was out all day outside you know neighborhood friends all that so um the new house I, I tried to find that again but you know we it was pretty limited on even just the amount of neighbors we had. But mm-hmm. then even then, I think it was more older people. So there mm-hmm. was, there was one kid on the street and I don't, I like, I don't remember her name. I don't even remember what she looked like. I just right. remember that there was this girl. She played um, with you. And you yeah. Playmate. And we played. <laughs> right. 
And so one of the things, I mean, there's a big church parking lot across the street. We uh, like bikes, so, you know, you ride your bike in the parking, parking lot. lot. Sure. Um, well, this church had portables, and I, and I don't remember whose idea it was to start checking, to, you know, hey, see if the door's open, you know. <laughs> Yes. But we would regularly, right. like, just do a little door check, you know. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes the doors would be I open. Yeah. And, you know, we'd go in and just kind of look around, you like know. Like it's a hideout. Or, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't, you know, usually it was like, okay, you're going to jump, you know, hey, I dare you to go in. And then right. you jump right back out. Cause, you so know. just the two of you, two. two. Right. And I, my brother might have been around, but I don't remember him really doing this a whole lot. He okay. doesn't either. So okay. I, I don't know that he was really around doing all this. Um, but so one day, I, somehow we just decided that uh, – I mean, there was a door open, and we were like, and I, I don't remember. I feel like it was a lot of my idea, but um, we just decided we were going to trash the place. Mm-hmm. So we went in, and I, I think it, it kind of escalated from like, hey, let's go in, and they've got like these cool markers and stuff. We're going to steal those. Right. And then it was like, oh, look, and like there's, uh, you know, I don't know, notebooks or something. We're right. going to steal those. You know, office-type supplies. Right. Uh, you know. Take and, home and play school. And right, right, right. Yeah, because we definitely, yeah. Um, but then, I mean, it turned into, we're writing cuss words on the walls. Mm. We're tearing up Bible, like literally tearing pages out of Bibles, writing in the Bibles. And your third grade. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I was quite nine yet. Um, so, but lo and behold, the church was having a, some sort of function that night because it was a Saturday. So we thought we were safe, you know, like nobody's there on Saturday. Uh, and yeah, one of our trips out, somebody (laughs) walks by. And like, oh, what are y'all doing? Oh, my word. <laughs> so we get caught. Um, oh. And. The fear that must have. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That oh. was, mm. yeah. It was kind of traumatic. Um, so we got caught. And I don't remember, like, I don't remember getting grounded or anything. I, mean, I definitely couldn't play with that girl ever again. Right. Because um, she was a bad influence. Right. And, <laughs> I mean, even talking to my mom today about this incident, trying to get some kind of, you know, other perspective on what happened. Uh, she she fully believes that none of that was mine. I was just influenced by her you know but couldn't I, be my little girl well right and I'm like okay that's not <laughs> entirely that true because right mm-hmm. yeah I I can remember some of those ideas but um right anyway but so I don't know if I got grounded or anything I don't know what my punishment was but I definitely started and, and I don't remember if this was like forced or if it was like I feel guilty but I definitely started going to that church after then right and I, I think a lot of it was so like, your punishment you have to go well, to church. right <laughs> well and I think I did have right. to Maybe it was required to meet with a children's minister. Oh. I do remember that. Okay. I had several meetings with this children's minister, like just right. me and her one-on-one. Well, they were probably, in a way, trying to figure out how to help you. Well, right. Honestly, oh, yeah, for sure. Know. Yeah. Because I mean, they knew you could paint, they could paint the walls and get new Bibles and yeah. all that stuff. Well, but, and I mean, yeah, because I mean, right. as an adult now, it's like, well, you know, a kid, a third grader breaks in your church and is doing all that. Obviously, something's going on, you know? Right, right. So, yeah. So that was, I mean, to this day, you know, and when we were talking about this earlier, it affects you. You mm-hmm. feel you feel a sense of, gosh, why did I do that? Oh yeah, or, or yeah. A, a sense of guilt. Oh yeah, guilt right? and shame for sure. For, yeah, and is, and that's like a pivotal moment mm-hmm. in your life right. as a third grader. See, probably most of you do not know that, right? About April Masingo. So okay, so after that, you know, like in, in high school, I mean, so uh, what you know, you you grow up. That's still in your mind. You attend church occasionally. Mm-hmm. When did you, do you feel like you came to the Lord? Or, or what led you to, to the point in life where you came to the Lord? I, I definitely think it was it was shortly after that incident. Okay. Um, it was at church, because I, I did go to church camp with that church that okay. summer. All right. Um, and 
I, I think that definitely is when I got saved. I, I did get baptized then as well. Um, so you think church camp led you to at church camp? You came to Christ? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Never underestimate the power of church camp. Well, right. Right. <laughs> and the Lord. Of well, course, yeah. But, but church camp. Uh, so, but I the problem was, so we moved. Mm-hmm. So we moved like across town this time. So me going back to that church wasn't much of an option. Um, but my luckily my aunt, so my dad's sisters. I mean, well, really all my dad's family was still heavily involved in right. the church he grew up in. Um, but she, one of my aunts reached out for me to come. Um, Can we name her name? Oh, sure. Uh, my uh, aunt, Sue Perry. Sue Perry, who attends our church. Right. Is one of our radiant women. Right. Yes. She, um, she invited me to GAs because I think mm-hmm. she was, I think her and, and then her sister, Anne, might have been teachers or I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing them, like they were involved somehow. Right. Um, so she, she invited me to go to, G, to GAs and then that kind of just turned into like then I started going to Sunday school there and um church and, and that church what church was that I mean Cassidy Baptist Cassidy Baptist mm-hmm. okay gotcha um so but nobody I mean my dad would drop me off right. on Sundays right. you know um like so many parents do right still right mm-hmm. and so so growing up it, it wasn't I think because a lot another time period in my life where I have a lot of guilt and shame would be high school okay um and I think it's just because of a lot like I didn't have a whole lot of um, good spiritual leadership. Um, I mean, even though I was going to church, you know, I didn't have a lot of connections at Castview as far as, like, friends right. or, um, you know, anybody I really connected with right. uh, personally. And did, you, uh, did you feel like, um, for lack of a better word, like an outcast sort of? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you did feel yeah. that way. Because I, I was one of the only, if may probably the only in my grade of, like, I mean, I had family there, but it was all extended family. And I mean, right. my grandparents, but right. like, I was the only one that my my parents weren't coming, and Your brother, none of my siblings were coming. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, and you know, I think just that time period, it just was very common. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people around my age that have a lot of they call it church hurt, you know, and mm-hmm. of just clicks. And I think mm-hmm. there was just, I don't know, it's just that. Which, if time you got period. people, you got clicks. Yeah, I mean, we fight yeah. against that, but I mean, there's just net people that you're naturally drawn to. And so, but yeah, as believers, especially in ministry, we have to, you know, get beyond our box, which takes courage. And, you know, for some people that's harder than other people because our our personality differences or whatever. But, um, okay. So in so guilt and shame in high school, right. Just because of choices you made. I mean, I'm trying to delve too deep, but just, uh, yeah, I definitely made, um, I mean, I made a lot of poor, a lot of, you know, there's, I, take a lot of responsibility for the things I did. Um, but also I think I did those things. Like, I I don't think I ever like stopped desiring God or stopped loving him. Right. But I just had such a, you know, a lot of bad theology. I had a lot of, uh, I mean, not a lot of spiritual leadership. I had, you know, just a lot of things that led to me being the way I was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, as you look back on it, uh, knowing, thank God, that the Lord never leaves us, even in our bad decisions, uh-huh. and He's greater than our sin. Thank you, Jesus, and stronger than our sin. But yet, um, do you think? Did how was how did you think about yourself? Did did kind of guilt and shame permeate your life? Oh yeah, for okay, sure. yeah. So it even it, which explains a lot, you know, about you and about me. My story we'll hear later, but mm-hmm. even when thing when you the decisions you made and you own up to them, right. you know, which. It's a wonderful thing because most people, you know, we blame everybody else for right. the way we are. Um, but we do make our decisions, and they do affect us. And 
they affect us long term in the way we think about things and that's why counseling is good and right. we need all of that so um as so as a believer and these bad choices you made when did you when do you think was a pivotal moment in your life when everything kind of switched we're like i mean the lord was still you knew you were a believer but yet right. you weren't following him right in the way you are today what was the difference um i think definitely a lot of that changed once i started coming to calvary hill um mm. i started working when i was 18 at Castview daycare and met um a couple of my best friends mm-hmm. uh kim hamilton and mm-hmm. rebecca knight mm-hmm. and they and they both came to calvary hill so they um invited me you know yeah. i mean i think it took them a while to get me to come here but I did <laughs> they didn't give up yeah right <laughs> and uh and just I mean we had this, this at that time like we had this great group of like mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. age kids you know right. and, um I just it, so I made the power it, like, of a difference yeah it's so important in community yeah. yeah community is so important because you know just to never give up on people and to invite them and just love them and mm-hmm. and so when you came here to Calvary Hill um you've been here now how long how many years? Well, 2003, whatever. Okay, so whatever that is, we don't math, know math. So yeah. 2003, uh-huh. for all of you who figured that out. Well, and I don't uh, want to know the, the number's too big now anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, how was 2003 been that long ago? I don't know. I know. Is that nuts? So, and you came here, and you did you feel immediately like you fit in? Yeah. You felt a connection yeah. immediately. Yeah. Because you had friends, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And um, so at that point in time, of course, you were not married. Right. Okay, so tell us about meeting your husband how did that all come about uh, one of my best friends moved to Tyler to go to college and her uh, fiance followed her mm-hmm. and um, so he started working uh, at a restaurant and met some friends and then that those friends were friends with this guy named Matt, Matt. Um, and he just came it was 2000 the fall of 2002 he just came back from graduating college uh, back to Tyler because that's where he grew up um, so we met uh, we were like I mean, just part of this friend group mm-hmm. for several months before we started dating. Uh, but we started dating like the summer of 03. And then you were married. And we were mar- married in 06. 06. So mm-hmm. uh, Matt Mazingo, who um, is her husband, who is mm-hmm. also uh, one of uh, the, uh, a leader in our church, a deacon, mm-hmm. servant of the Lord here. So, um, And then to your marriage, God blessed you with two children. Right. And their names are? Nolan and Evie. And what are their ages? Nolan is almost 13, and then Evie is 9. How does this happen? Yeah, I don't know. So coming here, your friends and that group, and then you just began to grow in the Lord, rightly. Yeah. And uh, when did the Lord um, put it on your heart? Because you now have a heart for ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, for ladies' ministry, and really anything that's ever needed. You and Matt are there, and you serve. You know, you've blessed Melissa Wells, who is our... um, we went to the Czech Republic, and she's our, um, our missionary there. And then all the different things, you're, y'all are very involved in the Walk for Life, pregnancy resource, all of those mm-hmm. things. So what what led you to that? You know what I'm saying? Is that a fair question? Or what, yeah. what sparked that in you? Um, it's a good question, but I don't, I don't know a good answer. Um, just evolve, you think? I think it did. I know, and I, don't, I can't put a year to it, so I don't know how long ago. Right. I mean, but at some point... Mm-hmm. I, I felt like the Lord was prompting me um, to something. I didn't really know what. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I thought it was like teaching. Right. Um, you know, I mean, almost like. Because you were a teacher. I was going to be the next Beth Moore or something. I mean, not right. really. But, you know. I understand. That way. Well, we have those people know. that God puts in our life to give us a, to help us look at. Right. To say, right. 
you know, our mentors. Because, like, he knows he's trying to get me to go this one direction. Right. So he's going to have to nudge me this way to get me to go right. that way. Right. Um, so, um, so, yeah, but I, I think uh, there's a lot of similarities um, between, like, the things that I'm doing now, especially with ministry, um, mm-hmm. that correlate with, the thing, like, the things that I enjoyed about teaching, for mm-hmm. example, or uh, there's just a lot of, um, I think, things, like, traits that have always kind of been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have been using them in different ways you know what I mean yeah I do so well and I think it does you know the Lord changes kind of our he gives us dreams Mm -hmm. you know and somebody once said years ago because I'm much older than you that uh, if you never have a dream you never have a dream come true Mm -hmm. so you have to have dreams but then the Lord puts dreams and visions I think in our not visions but you know in our lives and in our hearts a longing for something more um and as the as we get older and you'll see too you just realize, man, I don't have a long time here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm 66, and I look at this, I'm thinking, gee, you know, we don't have long to do what the Lord's called us to do on the present earth, you know, one right. day, right. forever on the new earth. But um, so we we have to get about doing what the Lord's called us to do. Yeah. So I know, um, it, I just want to say my appreciation, um, you know, I kind of, lead I don't think that's a good word anyway I help with the the women's ministry here our radiant ministry but I have but Kim and and April are just right there with me and they they help me and as you get older you realize you have to relinquish some of your you know responsibilities and I'm a kind of a person that's like oh I can do it I can do it you know this Mm -hmm. but then you get overwhelmed and it's such a blessing to be able to look at a sister in Christ and say, okay, you handle this and not have to worry about it. And that's what the Lord has done in our radiant ministry with, with Kim and April and many others, many, mm-hmm. many others uh, that we go, you just handle this, you know, Paula handle this, Jessica, Amanda handle this. And, and it gets done because we all have a common goal right? and, and we have a community mm-hmm. and that's, what's important, you know? Um, so I know this podcast will launch the day of our event. radiant mm-hmm. event, which is January February, February, excuse 20th. me, February 20th. Um, and, um, so that's exciting. And even that mm-hmm. day, I think my story is going to be, uh, is going to be told, uh, and I guess recorded yes. and then it'll and be then, a later podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's nerve wracking. However, um, it's easy. <laughs> Tell ask, me about it. It's easy to ask the questions, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. especially when you have them right here in front of you. Right. But, um, so this is just an opportunity for us to share with you who are listening, um, our story and right. that, you know, April's story is different from my story, mm-hmm. and April's story is different from your story, but we all have a story, and right. our story matters, and we need to hear each other's story. Right, because well, then you can relate better to the, you know, once you hear, you know, just some of the things that um, we've all gone through, yes. then, you know, there's going to be things in my story that are going to resonate with someone else's that, like, you know, maybe they just thought, well, you know, nobody she would never nobody understands. She would, or, and she would never vandalize a church. <laughs> I mean, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. We all look at people sometimes, and we just think, "Oh, they have it all together." Right. And oh, yeah, life exactly. Is so right. perfect. Right. And that just doesn't exist right. at all. Or, or just, you know, they don't struggle with. Oh, yeah. You know these things. I'm so much worse than they are. Right. Exactly. All that exactly. stuff. It's yeah. so stupid. So. Well, the devil's a liar, and that's uh-huh. how he deceives us into right. thinking that. And then we, what we do is we isolate. Uh, we were talking even earlier. Um, I wanted. Uh, well, it was Rick. Rick and I were talking about isolation, you know. And then what happens is that you begin to think. Nobody understands you, and that's where the devil would have us, away from community. Mm -hmm. And especially during this pandemic, it has forced us, in a way, to do that. But I pray to Jesus that that's ending and uh, that we realize, you know, we've gotten 
you know, kind of comfortable staying at home in our pajamas right. with our coffee, mm-hmm. watching the screen and worshiping. But yet that is not God's plan. Right. I mean, I'm grateful for that. I, I'm so happy that we have people in our church that for whatever reason, health reasons or all different kinds of reasons, cannot attend. So thank God for that. But, you know, it prompts us even to say, you know what, I've been sitting here and it, I need to go back to church because we need each other. Right. We need to look at each other in the eyes, yep. look at each other in the face, you know, hug when we can, even uh-huh. if we turn our masked face away to say, hey, listen, I love you. Yeah. And, and we need each other, yeah. whether whether we realize that or not. Right. Well, right. that's just, that's, I mean, science is catching up to the Bible in that, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, that's neurological, like that we, our brains physically need the other brain across the table physically, yes. you know, yes. in the same space. Right. We need, we need that connection. And we need our differences. Right. You know, because uh, the scripture says that iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if everybody was like me or like you, then we'd all be, I'd drive, we'd drive each other crazy Mm -hmm. because everybody'd be thinking like me. I need somebody that thinks like you to help me think differently and for me to mature and grow. And so that's why we're doing this podcast and that the Lord put it in the heart of um, April and, and our team to do this. Um, so I would say to you, um, you know, the people listening, that if you are a member of our church and you would like to share your story and you feel, I could do I could do this, I could sit at a table and have a cup of coffee by me and look just across at one person and, and once you get, forget about the microphones and the mm-hmm. headphones and all that stuff, right. and just talk. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say pray about that if you are a member of our church and, right. you know, approach April or, right. or me or Kim and, uh, and we'll get with you and we'll... We'll talk about it, pray about it. And, right. Right? Yes. We're definitely, I know this, we're going to do these in seasons. Okay. So we're going to have like a, whatever you call this time of year, winter, spring season. Yes. And then like the end of summer, fall season. Okay. Um, and I know this season for sure, we're just going to do like once a month. Okay. We're just trying yes. to figure this out. Yeah. Because we don't know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> uh, but eventually, I know, I think we're going to try to do more, you know, maybe twice a month or something like that. Right. So. Right. Um. And we got time. You well, know. yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, it's not like we're asking you to do this tomorrow. Right. But if the Lord's put this on your heart. Yeah. And just, you know, tell other women about it as mm-hmm. well. Yes, to, please share this. Yes, right. share this. Not, I mean, even, you know, not just women in our church. Right. Because I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I mean, when I'm getting ready in the morning, I, you know, I listen to Beth Moore, I listen to Charlie Dice, and, you know, plugging all these people here, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Evans, all these people, because it, I mean, it just encourages us. Right. Um, in the faith mm-hmm. and uh, so not just you know Priscilla Shire women and men but yet and to because it helps us grow in our faith we need to just encourage one another and and share a story right so I appreciate you being the first and it is nerve-wracking if you've never done this it is very uh but you know you kind of get in the groove and you just talk right we're just people you know we are not professionals <laughs> uh, that's my motto um and um so I just appreciate you, you know, sharing your life and part. And, you know, there are probably parts of our lives that are difficult to share. Right. You know, we don't just like to say, hey, I've, in third grade, I vandalized a church. Right. But it, not a whole church. It was just a portable <laughs> building. Let's get that right. This uh, is going to escalate. <laughs> we'll I burned you, a church we'll, down. We'll have, you in church, we'll have you in jail before it's over. Um, but, you know, because I know even now thinking about my story, there are parts that I'm going to have to be kind of um, – delicate with because well, right. you can't name names and all that kind right. of stuff you well know? and there's so. parts of i mean and we don't have to tell everything well right because i mean and you shouldn't you no. know there's going to be parts that 
that no. the only select few that's right need to know about X right because exactly otherwise right. it's just it exactly wouldn't be good right. no so. it wouldn't be because we don't want to just tell everything in our lives no right. it's not helpful right nor is it necessary right so I just appreciate you though sharing yeah. with me and it does it helps me after we talked earlier before this podcast a couple of weeks ago um, I thought I did not know that about April and it, mm-hmm. it helps me understand you yeah when you realize what people have gone through right and um, so anyway, I appreciate you doing that. So I guess this kind of concludes yes. our first segment, the but first I would like to pray one. with us mm-hmm. if that would be okay and just uh, send you off on your day. Lord, thank you so much, Jesus, for who you are. And thank you that because of your story, we have a story. And because of his story, we have a history. Lord, thank you for that. Um, thank you for April. Thank you for her willingness to share parts of her life that maybe other people don't know just so that we can be encouraged together and lord for whoever's listening if anybody's listening for whoever is i just pray you would minister grace to them lord that they would know that no matter what they've done or no matter where they've been or no matter how full of shame and guilt they may be that you can conquer all of that and that if we are in Christ your word tells us that if we are in you there is therefore now no condemnation for us Romans 8 1 that you've set us free from that and I know that the devil would seek to bind us and paralyze us by our fear he would seek to bind us and paralyze us by our guilt and our shame and our focus upon ourselves and how unworthy we are and which is also even kind of a form of pride the opposite but help us lord not to think um, of that but to focus our eyes upon you because in you there is freedom and in you there is truth because you are the way the truth and the life so i'm so grateful for april i'm so grateful for anyone who's listening and i pray that your will would be accomplished through this lord we just want this to be what you want lord we just want to do what you want us to do we just want to be uh, as transparent as you want us to be to tell people that this is my story and uh, we all have one and our story does matter and we need to hear each other's story so we praise you jesus for who you are we love you and you are greater than our story and because of you we have one so we praise you and i pray you would bless our sisters today and those listening um, just to set our minds upon you and to seek you first in jesus name amen mm-hmm. thanks for listening thank you